Anna. <laughs> you, <you're laughs> I wanted to get that. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, welcome everyone to the Couple XY podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Rosie. And I hate white wine. Yes, he does. That was his reaction to my Chardonnay that we got at um, a holiday gala that we went to over the weekend, which was such fun. Actually, it was uh, last last week, last Thursday, which was hilarious because I realized that how interconnected we are on Life 360. Oh, yeah. The morning when we're leaving <laughs> and my father is like, what are you doing in that city? <laughs> Why are you there? Why are you there? What are you doing at this hotel? Yeah, that's... So a, suspicious. He was really suspicious of me. And I'm like, Rosie's with me. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm nothing. Not- Nothing else is going on. I'm not being a bad fiance. No, no, no. I wouldn't do anything <laughs> wrong. So, um, yeah, we went to a, a gala. How how was your weekend? Uh, weekend was quiet. You went hunting. I did. So I stayed home and I cleaned and I put up all of the Christmas decorations except for one. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff around the door? Stuff around the door. Yeah, no, I got to get that. Yeah. All right, that, that's my part. And the cr- tree looks great. The house Thank looks you. great. You did a great job on it. Thank you. And... I came home to a, a meal being cooked and yes. a decorated and cleaned house. You you really like stepped up your wife game this weekend. <laughs> like top notch, baby. Like kudos. Thank you. All right. Really, really pulling that wife card out. Uh, I like it. <laughs> okay, don't get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I had time on my hands. This is what happens when I have time on my hands. So I just have to hunt and fish more. No. <laughs> no. Because then I will resent you, and then I will stop cleaning. <laughs> it's a delicate balance that I, I have to, to weave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a uh, big week coming up. Uh, we have... Yep, we have an event. You have an event? Uh, I have a gumbo cook-off. You have a gumbo cook-off at this event that my company is managing. Yes, where I'll be taking event photos. Um, yeah. So it's I think it's you and two or three other dudes. Okay. So I am guaranteed a top five. Yes. It's probably just you and two other people, actually. Top three now. Yeah. Even better. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my dad's going to come down and, and help me out. We're going to cook a gumbo and get it judged. And uh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of excited <clears throat> and kind of apprehensive about it. This is my first year. I know other people have done it many years. Mm-hmm. So uh, it I'm I don't I don't really know how to cook this big of a gumbo for and like outside, not on like the regular way I cook it. So all of it's a little different to me. Mm-hmm. I do hope we get rid of most of it because I don't want to have to be eating gumbo for like a week. We're getting rid of all of it. Yeah, we are. Yeah, people will come up. They'll they'll ask for your gumbo. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, it's free food, so why wouldn't you? There you go. <laughs> um, it's uh, to help a charity? It is to help a um, toy and doll fund. Okay. For kiddos that are less fortunate. Yes. So it does go to a good cause. All right, that's good, because it's going to cost me about $100 to make this gumbo. Oh, good. Once you oh, add, it cost like, you $25 to get in. So it's going to cost $125. That was my cash, so. Yeah. <laughs> You paid the entry fee, but like I got to buy chickens and all the fixings for it and everything. Mm-hmm. So it does actually cost some money. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for donating your time and your money, baby. Yeah, it's for a good cost. It is. 
All right, so that's uh, that's what's coming up, and and there's a lot of things, a lot of causes out there, a lot of effects, a lot of dreams, and a lot of America. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't segue it for crap I was wondering tonight. How you were gonna do I it? I didn't know, I didn't know how to do it. We all have dreams. <laughs> so tonight we're going to be talking about the American dream, mm-hmm. the origins, the the mythology of it, and I'm going to be setting a timer right now. Because Brian is handing me my phone. It was just on this side. I didn't know if you would need it or not. Right. And I'm not going to hit the stopwatch this time. I'm going to hit timer. I'm going to set it to one hour. There we go. <laughs> um, yes, we'll be, we're talking about the American dream. The Is it a myth? Is it a legend? Is it something that's attainable? What oh, do we? You want to do the housekeeping real quick? Housekeeping? Yeah. What kind of housekeeping? Like, follow us at... Oh, yes, please. (laughs) Let's go ahead and hit that up. All right, so follow us at coupleXY dot... No, no, Facebook. Yeah, follow us at CoupleXY Podcast on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rate and review on whatever services you're listening. Spotify, Amazon, Apple. And shoot us a line at CoupleXYPodcast at Mm gmail.com. And if you uh, have a question or anything like that, uh, we would be willing to answer it on air. Mm Mm-hmm. If you have a comment, you can Facebook message us. You mm-hmm. can um, email us. However, you want to do it. All right, and we will we will read those things. Yeah, we'll, we'll read them, and you know, if we can uh, help you out, we will. Mm-hmm. All right. So, okay. So now let's get back to what we're going to be talking about today. The American Dream. Mm-hmm. What is it? Where did it start? Is it just a dream? We will find out. Okay. <laughs> so I was hunting this weekend, and you did research. So I did. Um, I found a really good article um, on uh, investopedia.com. So, um, which you know, it's not Britannica or anything, but it's it's good. Okay. So, uh, you want to just get started? Yeah, get into it. Okay. Uh, I think you have a pretty good layout on this um, this episode as far as like structure wise. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm going to let you be the leader. Okay, sure. And I'm just going to kind of throw in my opinions here and there and try to spark maybe a discussion about it. Yep. Um, yeah, so I got uh, about two pages worth of some interesting facts and uh, whatnot about it. So the American dream, what is it? The present definition of the American dream is the belief that anyone, regardless of where they were born or what class they were born into, can attain their own version of success in a society in which upward mobility is possible for everyone. The American dream is believed to be achieved through sacrifice, risk-taking, and hard work rather than by chance. What do you think, what do you think about that definition? I think that's the definition that, that is pretty standard and that we've all been fed. Right. So, yeah, and now I wonder if you said the current definition, was there older definitions? Yes, it has evolved over time, and I will get to that. Okay. So, so yeah, I think that definition is really what's been fed to us. Um, I think that um, that is pretty much, you know, you know, a rubber stamp. Um, you want to talk about, like, the history and then maybe come back to that one at the end and just talk about how we feel about it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you want to do some of the history of, of the American dream yeah, I'll first? Get to it. <laughs> yeah, I got it. No, it's like it's it's structured in that way. Okay. So, um, but I just want to go into more of 
like the rules of the American dream and like what how it how it works mm-hmm. quote works so achieving the American dream requires political and economic freedom as well as rules of law and private property rights without them individuals cannot make the choices that will permit them to attain success nor can they have confidence that their achievements will not be taken away from them through arbitrary force okay um let's see The American dream promises freedom and equality. It offers the freedom to make both the large and small decisions that affects one's life, the freedom to aspire to bigger and better things and the possibility of achieving them, the freedom to accumulate wealth, the opportunity to to lead a dignified life, and the freedom to live in accordance with one's values, even even if those values are not widely held or accepted. Um, The books of post-Civil War writer Horatio Alger, Alger, in which improvised... Impoverished but hardworking teenage boys rise to success through pluck, determination, and good fortune uh, came to personify realizing the dream. Um, All right, so that one said good fortune. Mm -hmm. But in the original definition you read, it said it it didn't have chance, that it was... Right, it's not based on luck, it's based on hard work and determination. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think... I think luck kind of has a part of any kind of success. There's always, you know, there's there's chance happenings, chance um, meetings and whatnot. Right, yeah, I'm just... But yes, it is contradictory a little bit. Yeah, when you when the original says that there's really no luck involved, that it's through hard work and determination and self-sacrifice, uh, and then later on you hear, well, and, you know, through pluck and guile and... Hard work and determination and a little bit of luck, you know, that that kind of throws the whole thing out onto how much luck is a little bit. Right. So getting to the history of it, Mm -hmm. the definition of the American dream has changed to mean different things to different generations. The phrase American dream was often used by progressive era reformers of the 1900s. Okay, so you're talking about like the Teddy Roosevelt, Woodrow Wilson era. Yes. Um, So rather than exalting the pursuit of wealth, they sought to tame monopoly capitalism and protect workers and communities from robber barons. Okay, so more socialist. Mm -hmm. Um, This was also, um, do you know anything about like the the Teddy Roosevelt, Woodrow Wilson era, anything like that? I know you're Mm -hmm. not a big American history. No, I just, I like, all I know is national parks. Okay. And that's Teddy Roosevelt. Um, Yeah, he did, he did the national parks. Yeah. it, that's an interesting story where he like made a bunch of them in the last minute because Congress was about to shut him down on it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, uh, Taft, his mm-hmm. successor, actually undid some of them. Um, but then the next election, 1912, I believe, uh, Woodrow Wilson, who was a Democratic progressive, um, an academic, uh, he was a professor, and then, like, the president of Princeton. Oh, I had no idea. Um, He's the only president who came from, like, academia. So he's actually very – there's a lot of papers that he wrote. And so his idea of of economics, his idea of government is very well established, whereas most politicians, you can't really find it. And – Because he wrote a bunch of papers. Because he wrote a bunch of papers before he ever went into politics about politics. Uh Aha. Okay. 
Did he die in office? No, but he had a stroke, and I am kind of under the understanding that, like, his last two years in office, he was invalid, mm. and Edith, his wife, kind of took care of everything. Okay. Um, he created the League of Nations. He did a bunch of other stuff. Um, expanded income tax. So mm. your income tax, you can thank Woodrow Wilson for. Mm-hmm. That's That was a progressive idea. Okay. Um, it, progressivism 1.0 is very weird, and maybe one day we get into it. Uh, but it's very interesting that that um, that was um, it was a very interesting uh, uh, presidential um, election. You had Woodrow Wilson, who was Democratic progressive. You had Teddy Roosevelt running under the Bull Moose um, um, platform or the Bull, Bull Moose Bull Moose Party, which was his own party when he didn't get the Republican nomination. He started his own party. He started his own party. <laughs> it's called the Bull Moose Party. Okay. Um, he also got shot in the chest during campaigning and wouldn't allow the other uh, um, people to stop campaigning because he said that's not how this should work. We're gonna ca- y'all are gonna keep campaigning because that's that, that's what, you don't stop in the middle of war. Mm. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, very interesting dude. Got mm-hmm. shot in the chest. He just had a a case, um, a, a glasses case, and a really thick. Um, speech that he was going to make and the bullet penetrated and lodged under his ribs and he he made the speech before going to the hospital <laughs> crazy man um howard taff who was the um incumbent president was also in that election and the last one was eugene debs and he was a socialist like a a true like the socialist party Okay. Which we don't have in the United States anymore. Yeah, I was like, when that, did we... That was destroyed after um, World War II in the MacArthur era. Mm. But, like, in this time period, socialism had, like, traction in the U.S. That In that one, he got the most votes of any socialist ever in that, that election. And uh, Woodrow Wilson won the election but did not win the majority. Because there was no... There was no majority. There was nobody, like, there. no one got over 50% of the votes. Okay, so he just got most. A plutor, plut, some plutality or something like that is the word. I can't really pronounce it. But he got, like, 42% or something like that. Okay, and that was more than anybody else. He got, yeah, he won. He had the most, but he didn't actually have, like, over 50%. Oh, okay. Like, you would see now. You're always going to see over 50% now. Right. Why do you know all this? <laughs> <laughs> I listen to a ton of podcasts. Yeah. It's just, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, that is, uh, yeah, I didn't know any of that, hardly. Um, so, yes, the term American Dream was coined in a best-selling book in 1931 titled Epic of America by James Truslow Adams, who described it as the dream of a land in which life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone with opportunity for each according to ability or achievement. Very interesting time period, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Great Depression yeah. was at its height right around then. So, this so w- yeah, the birth of the American dream was it correlated may have correlated with the... The fact that we were in a major economic recession... We also have the the rise of nationalism at this time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, very interesting that that's when it came around. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to drink my wine um, because it didn't start. So it didn't start with like the American Revolution. No. So the American dream wasn't really there when we were making America. No, the American dream was. I think the American dream 
what started in the Great Depression because people were losing faith in America. Yeah. So I think this might have been... Propaganda? In a way. Yeah. Um, or I don't know much. I'll have to... I want to read this book, Epic of America, because um, I don't know... I don't know much about James Trishlow Adams. Let me Google him real quick. He, uh, I want to know like what his political party was. Like, what did he do? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting. At this time, you you actually see a lot of um, of um, welfare state ideas coming into existence with um, with Roosevelt, um, not Theodore, but. Uh, um, FDR. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you also have like a lot of socialism is is catching hold in in a lot of places because you're looking at workers' rights and you're looking at people who don't have a lot of money. And when you, when you have – it's kind of two really weird competing ideas. You have this American dream that says like, hey, if you work really hard, you can, you know, achieve everything you want. And then you have socialism saying, well, we're going to, to basically disperse everything amongst all of the people so that, you know, there's no... So that everyone can have their a good start to the um, to uh, their American dream? Everyone can have the same amount. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a good start to the American dream, and at the end you're way ahead and they take it all back from you to disperse it again, did you achieve the American dream? Is that socialism or is that communism? It can be both. There is some overlap. Okay. Because when I think of socialism, I think of democratic socialism. So it's not the same thing. It, right. But think about if you are part, you are chasing the American dream and like you're, you, you catch the American dream, right? So you, you work hard. You're, the American dream doesn't say we give you a handout. Right. So it is, um, so you work hard and then like you're, what you've been, what you've been working hard from gets taken from you. So that other people can be, it can be given to other people. Um, some people take that and succeed. Other people take that and do nothing with it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the hard part of like trying to equate the two. Because like if you achieve the American dream, then you, you didn't do it by democratic socialism. Okay. In, in this definition. Right. Okay, so go ahead. Um, James Trislow Adams was an American writer and historian. He was a freelance author who helped popularize the latest scholarship about American history, and his three-volume history of New England is well-regarded by scholars. He popularized the phrase American Dream, blah, blah, blah. Uh, He was born in 1878 and died in 1949. Um, Let's see, he went to Yale, and he won the Pulitzer Prize for History, um, and that's really, let's see. I don't really know. Okay, so it's going to yeah, probably take some more digging. To, like, yeah, it's going to take some more digging to figure out, like, what his political stuff was. It might have yeah. been nothing. It might have just been, like, he saw a thing and, and made it. Right. All right, so uh, what else you got on your notes? On my notes. Um, let's see. The American dream has always been about the prospect of success. Mm-hmm. But a hundred years ago, the phrase meant the opposite of what it does now. The original American dream was not a dream of individual wealth. It was a dream of equality, justice, and democracy for the nation. The phrase was repurposed by each, by each generation until the Cold War, when it became an argument for a consumer capitalist version of democracy. 
Um, so it's changed. Okay. Um, over, over time, this is just reestablishing that the American dream has shifted from an ethos of equality and solidarity to one of individualistic, excuse me, individualistic competition to succeed materialistically fueled by consumption. Examples of the American dream, the present, the current American dream include owning your own house, starting a family and having a stable job or owning your own business. Um, in this is interesting, uh, interesting idea. In the 1990s and early 2000s, mortgage company Fannie Mae began to spread the notion that buying a house was a cornerstone of the American dream and used the term prominently in ads selling home loans. This ideology led to the, the housing boom and ultimate bubble that popped, ultimately leading to the 2008-2009 financial crisis. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so um, I can agree with some of that. I can, I'm going to back off on a couple of other things. Mm -hmm. Um this part is more of like an opinion piece. Yeah, it, it, see, feels it like. seems opinion-y more um, than factual. So, I mean, like, I, I feel like you're going to line up pretty well with what you just read. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, and I feel like you're not. So. Not, not as much. Right. Um, I don't know if the original American dream was ever about like, was about everyone standing equally or not. Uh, because I don't feel like that's, I don't, I, I feel like that seems to make it seem very idealistic in a time when you had more racism and more sexism and I'll, uh, the world was a lot, a lot, uh, different and um, a lot wider, you know, it was just like, it, it was more male white centric. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I could. I guess the American dream for a lot of people would have been that. Um, for like women, minorities, that might have been the American dream, but in the overall public view, the American dream would have probably been something more white male driven because white males were driving everything at that time. We had less diversity, right? So. What, just what I, I feel is like they're saying, they're saying today what it, you know, that that's taking a look back and and, and pasting it kind of mm -hmm. more than really looking at that time period and understanding what it was. That That's just my opinion on it. Um, I feel like it, it might have been something more closer related to what we have today um, or the the overall notion, you know, um, but go, but yes, today I agree with it. It is a consumer-driven notion. Absolutely, yeah. Well, and I think we should get into this maybe a little bit uh, uh, further in is what yours and my American dreams are, or what we think our generations are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I honestly think it's it's changing more now. Yeah. Um. So, I was going to, let's see, where was I going with that? Um, <clears throat> so, um, we can talk about the pros and cons of the American dream, or we can answer the question, is the American dream still achievable? Okay, I think we should go pros and cons. Okay. Pros and cons. So, the first pros is the American dream promises. <laughs> this is kind of like one of those books where you're like, 
if you choose to go on this path, <laughs> go to this page. If you choose to go on this path, <laughs> go to this page. Which is pretty much exactly what I'm doing. Um, okay, so the first pro is the American dream promises e- freedom and equality. Uh, the first con is the reality of the, of the American dream often falls short of the idea itself. Okay. You want to unpack that a little bit? Yes. Okay. So I agree with the – yeah. I agree with that sense, um, but I don't. I don't feel like it's the con is there. You know, um, yes, it does fall short, but that's not a fault of the dream. It's a fault of the people. Okay, so you think it's everybody's? So because the Amer- the American dream is the the present definition of it. In, involves your prowess, your ability, your determination. That it is an individual. That it that is that it falls on the individual to achieve it. Yes, and I understand. Like when you say that, like um, there's equality for all people. That we don't have that equality for all people. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not putting that blame on the the. Uh, I'm not going to say the American dream is dead because we don't have that. The American dream could still be there, and we don't have that because it's a dream. It's something to strive toward. If we never strive toward it, we're not going to get it. It's the people who are currently there who haven't achieved it yet who have fallen short. Right. Does that make sense? I, the dream itself, I, I feel, should, should remain, shouldn't get knocked for this. Mm-hmm. I feel it's the people around it that have to be criticized for this. And yeah, it's interesting, like just terming it a dream. Um, this is mentioned in one of the disadvantages in this article. Uh, is like terming it a, in a dream. Terming it a dream also carries with it the notion that these ideals aren't necessarily what played out in the lives of many actual Americans and those who hoped to become Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, I think the high, the the high life of the American dream was, I think who who. The, the people that cherish the idea of the American dream the most are immigrants. I, I, I 100% agree with what you just said. Yeah. I think that they are they are people who want to achieve the American dream and work the hardest and believe in it the most. Mm-hmm. And what does that say? What does that say about us? Does that mean that we are outsourcing? Uh, like, are we, are we outwardly advertising the American dream? For other countries to follow, or for <clears throat> people around the world to try and come and get it. I think that anytime we try to export our um, democracy to other countries, it fails miserably, mm-hmm. and we should quit trying to do that. I agree. Uh, I think that most of the problem is that when we try to outsource our democracy corporate interest and the military industrial complex gets involved mm-hmm. and makes uh, pretty much, they don't care about actually helping people. They care about making money. Uh, so that is a, that's one of the reasons we shouldn't be exporting this because we don't do a very good job of it. So, um, and we also, half of the country doesn't really like, um, doesn't really support immigration anymore. And if we have, if, this is a big if, like, we could have a Republican president in the future who isn't as harsh towards immigration as Trump was. Well, immigration and being harsh toward immigration or not being harsh, 
harsh toward immigration always will spike depending on how the public feels about it. Hmm. This isn't like a new issue or well, topic. No. Like when you look at, you can look at uh, uh, Barack Obama, and he was at times very hawkish on immigration. Not not as much as Trump, but very hawkish. And so, and the reason he was doing that is he was, it, it's a very, immigration is an easy topic to like, to scapegoat in a way. Um, you can be very hawkish on it and seem very tough as an, on immigration because there's no voting block to, to really offend. Hmm. Does that make sense? Okay. What about recent immigrants? Yeah. What about your recent immigrants? Recent immigrants are going to be as happy to be here and say, you have to do it the way I did it to get your voting rights Mm. as anybody else. I I feel Mm. maybe. Like the the reason why we don't have an open door policy with Cuba is because South Florida has a lot of Cuban immigrants and a lot of Cuban uh, people who have immigrated from Cuba, and it is a major swing state. Florida is a major swing state, so you don't. So both sides have the same idea, which is screw Cuba because they're horrible. But the reason they do that is because of votes. Yeah, that's such political bullshit. Yeah, it's political bullshit. Mm-hmm. So when you yeah when you talk about like immigration and stuff like that, it's all it, it, it's easy because there's no voting block to piss off. So you just seem tough. It's like being tough on crime. Yeah, there, like people who are criminals don't get to vote unless they've gone through a very lengthy process. So you being tough on crime, you're not really pissing anybody off. Well, it's really only felons that lose their right to vote, right? Right, but if you're when you talk about being tough on crime, it's felons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, second pro, the ideals of the American dream are motivating, including the freedom to be in charge of one's own life. Uh, con, as income inequality has increased, the American dream has seemed less attainable. Yes. On both counts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean it's it's a beautiful idea. I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, like dock it for like being being this this ideal that we've set for ourselves. Um it's it's a nice notion and it makes you feel like you're in charge of your own destiny. Um But yeah, I do think that let's let's like income inequality has increased since the 1970s um and uh um uh, let's see there's an there's yeah there's an interesting part right here according to the u.s census family income data real family income began to grow much more among the top income group than among other segments of american society so we're having a lot of i think our one of our big issues right now as a nation is where is the amount of income disparity that we have between the richest of the rich of Americans and the poorest of the poor Americans. Um, well, why do you think that's really that really matters? Like, like, like there was a time that 
that there was a Rockefeller, a Vanderbilt, uh, the 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 robber barons, the Empire men, these kind of guys. They were as rich as people are now. I would I would think the Jeff Bezos and and other things. I think the problem is, and we keep blaming this this huge disparity between the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor. It's not that. It's the lack of a middle class. It's the fact that we're zapping the middle class. So the middle class didn't go into the upper class. They went into the lower. Uh-huh. So it doesn't matter that there's a huge uh, uh, disparity. What matters is that we no longer have a middle class because we shipped it overseas. Okay, but, I mean, that that now makes an even bigger disparity. But what you're saying is a disparity has always been there. It's not that. that, that that's... But it's growing. That's what I was but saying. But that's pulling the wool over the eyes of the fact that you're losing your middle class and your middle class isn't moving into an upper class, which is making this. If all your middle class moved up, I would agree with you. But since your middle class is just disappearing, it just seems like this is so much worse. If you bring back your middle class, you fix this issue. If you bring back manufacturing and you bring back all the jobs that we, we no longer have in the United States, then you have it. But when you, you live in a, a world that is either a seller and a buyer and there's no maker in the middle, where does your money come from? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have to find that maker middle. We got to find that, that middle. If we don't have that, then we don't have – we start to lose the ability to find the American dream. Mm-hmm. So manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Factories. Yes. Where are we going to put those? Nobody wants them in their neighborhood. I guarantee you, you can go to Ohio in a thousand places, and they'd be like, yeah, put one here. Uh, if you go to Detroit, where, where all the uh, car factories used to be, there's probably a lot of guys up there who'd be like, I'd go back to a car factory in an instant. Mm. I, I mean, what... Do you think factories just like belt out like horrible emissions and and are ugly to look at and like they're warehouses? A lot of times. Well, to answer your question, yeah. Okay. <laughs> would you I mean, would you like to have an oil an oil refinery plant is not pretty to look at? And okay, an oil refinery is a different story. And no, they aren't beautiful to look at. But if you're working there, you sure like it. And, and you get cancer. And we do have some issues on that. Mm-hmm. But like, say you're making like. I don't know, um, dog treats. Okay. All right. What's your what's your factory going to look like? Going to probably look like an Amazon building. You ever been to it by like an Amazon warehouse? Yeah. It, would you mind having one of those around your house? No, because then I, my Amazon shipments would get here faster. But but I mean, <laughs> like the building's not unusual. You're the people who work there get paid decent, mm-hmm. or than like than McDonald's. Than McDonald's. <laughs> But it's and it's just a big building, right? Mm-hmm. A, a a dog treat manufacturer would probably look a lot like that. It'd just be a big building. So not all like manufacturing looks like refineries. Some of it just looks like a big warehouse. Okay. Most of my manufacturing would look like a big warehouse. Yeah, I mean, aren't you guys? Is there's is like a zero emissions yes goal that y'all are striving for or mm-hmm. something like that? We're, okay. we're there. There. Okay. 
I don't know. I just feel like every every product that you make has a byproduct. And a lot of those byproducts, you don't there's no use for them or they're toxic and you can't use them. Okay. Anything. But we're still going to somebody's going to make this product. Mhm. So you're either going to make this product and people are going to be employed in the United States and we can hopefully like deal with the byproduct. We have agencies to do that. Or we're going to make the byproduct in another country and ship it here and then have to buy it. Either way, the product's going to get made. So you're either the maker and user of it, so you're self-contained, or you're the, or you're the importer of it, and that's not like that. You don't make your country can't operate like that. Okay. Like in a consumer-driven. In a consumer-driven society. Yeah. I, yeah. The, uh, in the <laughs> you don't like saying that, do that? The in the capitalist in the pigs. capitalist consumerist society that we live in. Yes. Right. Um. So you think that the biggest problem is that we don't have our makers in the United States anymore. Right. Our middle class is disappearing or has disappeared. Okay. Do you think we're not middle class? I think Mm. down here we barely are probably. Yeah. Like in the sense of, in the sense of economically where like the amount of money we are, we have, Mm -hmm. we're middle class, but no, we're I'm lower class. Like I am not management. I'm not middle management. That is middle class. When you are that that low level manager, that's middle class. And then upper class would be your upper. So it it has. Okay, it, so it's you, not only money; it's also job. Okay, so you associate middle and upper class with management. Management. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've never associated it like that. Yeah, you've always associated it with money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, you can, it's not necessarily only money. Okay. So we need to fix that. Mm-hmm. But like I say, uh, yeah, we do need to fix that. That's part of trying to build the American dream. Uh, I think a lot of the American dream is just getting to a, a upper middle class to lower upper class area. You know, I mean, I, I think most Americans don't believe they're going to be Jeff Bezos. No, I don't think. I would like to think that a lot of people don't really. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to be Jeffrey Bezos. Um, I don't think I could handle that much money. <laughs> and I don't think I would want that much attention. Um, there's a uh, company I don't know if you heard about this. There's a company that the CEO decided that all of his employees were going to be paid $75,000 a year minimum. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. I don't remember the company either. Uh, uh, Maybe you sent me the article. It was in California or something like that. Yeah, I can find it real quick. It's a a POS system. Um. A piece of shit? A point of sale. Oh, okay. Everyone's 70K. Yeah, go to that. I believe it's point of sale. Um, or it's 70,000 minimum. What's his name? 
The boss of a card payments company in Seattle introduced a $70,000 minimum salary. What is a salary. cards payment? Um, like, uh, I guess not point of sale, but like a a card. I'm trying to find the damn name of the... Van Price was hiking. Where is it? Gravity payments. There it is. Um, it's uh, okay. So card payment system is like, I believe, with credit cards. Credit card processing services. Okay, is what gravity payments is. Credit card processing services. So, like... Credit Card Processing and Financial Services Company, founded okay. in 2004 by Lucas and Dan Price. Okay. And they... Um, they employ 240 people. And believe that, like, everyone should get... He did it. Gravity what? Gravity payments. Okay. And I should have done more research on this, like, since we were... Within this episode, I, I thought it was going to come up, and I didn't really look at it. Um, and we can talk about that more. Uh, <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? <laughs> he resigned amid assault allegations in August of 2022. Damn price? Yeah. Great. That was like the second thing on Google. All right. I don't know. Okay. Well, that sucks. <laughs> anyway, it's a nice idea. So and as f- as far as I can tell, um, like, did he take a pay cut to do this? He took yes. Okay, I was about to go into that. He took a pay cut to do. Th- he was a millionaire, mm-hmm. and he took a pay cut from his own salary to make this happen. Okay, so he's whatever about his personal life. This was a what looks like a very selfless idea mm-hmm. and a very selfless thing that he did for his employees, for the comfort and prosperity of his employees and the quality of life for his employees. Oh, I, now I agree that like CEOs and upper management make way too much money. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, now we in the United States, I think we have such a bad taste in our mouth for some reason to strike or to like, like challenge corporations that I feel like we kind of um, fall short on on demanding them to not have these huge salaries. Right. You know, this guy is, is nice for doing this, but you look at um like the late eighteen hundreds, they'd go on strike, they'd risk getting shot by like um, uh, private detective agencies. Mm-hmm in the coal mines and the steel mines because they didn't like what they were getting paid and the bad, the way they were treated at work, which was really bad. I mean, it was bad. Right. Like how bad that's, that's another question. Like how bad do you have to be treated at work for you, for people to go on strike? Mm -hmm. Like most businesses, you're in a nice air conditioned building sitting in a fairly comfy chair in front of a computer. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's the majority of American jobs. Right. So what is there to complain about really? Except for salary. Except for salary, yeah. Right. So, um, you know, good good for him for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are not, like, willing to, like, go on strike for salary. And, and when somebody, it, when a group does, we as, like, 
like as someone who is who works as a, a worker, mm-hmm. when another group goes on strike, when I hear other workers badmouth them, and, and I feel almost like a socialist for saying this, you <laughs> know. But I'm like, you know, don't badmouth those people. They're going after what they want, right? And and we should like encourage them and stand behind them because they're workers just like we are and management's on the other side of the table and they're bringing demands to management and you know management has to be realistic in their their expectations they have to say you know i can't have record profits and not be giving y'all raises Mm -hmm. or i can't have a ceo who's making you know 12 million dollars a year and us barely breaking even yeah. Um. So I think that, that that dude probably did a really good thing. I think what, what would be interesting is if he then, like, paid himself more on co- on profits. Yeah, we'll have to – I'll have to do some more research about this like, guy. Because, like, by doing this, did he, like, end up increasing the revenue that his company made? Says – this article says that profits soared. Okay, and so – And then ma- things got really crazy. So we'd have to read the article to figure out what got crazy. Okay, so we're not going to worry about that too much right now. All right, let's get back to um, the American dream because I think there's there's some back and forth we want to get into. Right. Um, let's see. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, disadvantages – let's see. Advantage – let's see. Did we go over disadvantages and advantages of the American dream? Mm-hmm. Uh, I already said that. The American dream promises freedom and equality, offers the freedom to make both the large and small decisions that affect one's life, freedom to aspire to bigger and better things, and the possibility of achieving them, freedom to accumulate wealth, the opportunity to lead a, di- a dignified life, and the freedom to live in accordance with, one va- with one's values. Um, dignified life is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like Dignified life should be also mean dignified death. So the American dream should include your ability to, like, euthanize yourself. That came out of left field. I, I was, <laughs> well, whenever I dig- dignified, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's follow this. Let's do this. Um, I do believe that people who are terminally ill should, like, I, I do believe assisted suicide should be legal. I think so, too. Like, if you are terminally ill. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that people can do about it. And, I mean, that's the bottom line. There's nothing that anyone can do about it. It's your choice. It's your life. It's your choice. It's your life, yeah. Like, like even if you want to go with, like, the 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 Christian saying, like, oh, well, like, if you want to take it to the extreme of, like, uh, abortion where the, the fetus doesn't have a say because, you know, it, it has to, you know, whatever your, your, th- your thought process on that is, mm-hmm. this is an adult. Right. So they've already had their, their yeah, ability to Yeah, this is an adult this. that is consenting. So this is an adult that's consenting. So um, suicide should, like, assisted su- suicide should be legal in, like, case, I think especially in cases of terminal illness. Mm-hmm. As far as regulating it, like, that's, a, I don't know, I, that feels like a slippery slope. I don't know what the, what the guidelines of that would be. I think it's between the, the person and their doctor. Right. I mean, if you're, that's another thing, like, I, I guess self, I think self-preservation would make this rare in of itself. I, I mean, I really don't know. I mean, I, I think that if you're, you know, 90 years old, 
and you have cancer, and you're like, man, I'm I don't want to fight this cancer. Yeah, and I don't. Or you're 90 years old and you just can't walk anymore, and you're going blind and whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're if you're at a point in your life where you like, I've lived my life, and your I'm, quality of life is no longer dignified. Right. You should be able to have assisted suicide, and I mean, I in, in some aspects, I, I don't even. I, I I don't even think you need to have a terminal illness if you're at a certain age. I agree. Because, like, there are times when, like, you're just, every day you wake up, you're in pain, you're tired, you don't want to be there, and you're literally, like, modern medicine's keeping you alive for no for reason. For no reason, right. Um, I did Meals on Wheels uh, just for, just once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I did that with my mom, um, when I was a teenager for one day and I never did it again because it was so sad. Um, a lot of the times, uh, the, the people we were delivering meals to couldn't even get up to come to the door. This, when we, uh, one particular old lady's door, we knocked on uh, we had to come in and she was, I don't even know, I didn't even know they made these. It's a recliner. That's also a toilet. Mm. And she had just happened to be using the bathroom at that time. So like she couldn't get up to walk to go to the bathroom. So she had to have everything right there. And I'm, and I'm thinking like, this entire, is she living alone? Like, how is she doing this? Like people are just coming in every day to check on her, but ultimately she's alone. And she's not she's not living a dignified life. Right. So, okay. Yeah, that got sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it got really sad. But th- that's the thing. Like, I don't want to be like that ever. No. I don't want to live like that. Who wants to fucking live like that? And if no one can do anything to better your circumstances, then what is the fucking point? <laughs> yeah. If, like, you've decided this and you and your doctor have decided, hey, there's nothing you can do. You're just going to have to live out your days – in a shitty recliner. <laughs> that is wrong. <laughs> We're going to hell. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Let's move past this as fast as we can. <laughs> oh, um, God. Yeah, you should be able to. to okay, so dignified life. Sorry, tangent. Yeah. Um. God. Okay, so <laughs> what was I talking about before we went on? I don't know. Um, oh, let's go to how to measure the American Okay. Dream. Okay. So today, homeownership is frequently cited as an example of attaining the American dream. It is a symbol of, symbol of financial success and independence, and it means the ability to control one's own dwelling place instead of being subject to the whims of a landlord. Owning a business and being one's own boss also represents the American dream fulfillment. In addition, access to education and health care have been cited as elements of the dream. Home ownership has steadily increased over time in the U.S., reflecting a key aspect of owning your own property as a sign of achieving the American dream. For example, the home ownership rate at the end of 2020 was 65.8%, reflecting an increase of 0.7% higher than the previous year. Entrepreneurship has always been important to the U.S. economy. Uh, in 2019, small businesses created 1.6 million net jobs alone. So, owning property... One's own business and carving a life of one's own making is all part. 1.6 million? 1.6 million jobs. 
Okay, there's 330 million people. So, yeah. it's not like a significant chunk. But it's, 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 it's a lot. pretty small. I wonder what they mean by small business. Like, how many employees? Like um, less than... Less than 50? I, I don't know. Um... Uh, so, okay, so ho- let's let's start with homeowners. My, I think my uh, my company is considered a small business because we employ less than fifty people. Okay. Um. So, yeah, it really doesn't it doesn't go into it as much as I want it to. Um, it really just sums it up. Um. Owning property, one's own business, and carving a life of one's own making is all part of the American dream. And the U.S. as a first world country also offers the benefits of pursuing these passions without having to worry about basics such as accessing good education and health care. Do you know the origin between first, second, and third world countries? No. Okay. What do you think of when when I say third world country? I think of Sudan. Okay. So a a poor country, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So... This is one explanation I've recently heard. Um, first world countries during the Cold War supported the U.S. Second world countries supported Soviet Russia. Third world countries were were neutral. That's the origin? Th- that's one origin I've heard, but I'm not 100% sure. And mm. that got turned into poor countries. Mm-hmm. See... The problem I have with first and second and third world countries is you're deeming a place. So, first world countries are westernized. Yes, United States in in yeah. in the Cold War. Second right. world countries are easternized. <laughs> um, and third world countries are neither. Mm-hmm. So, I really. So it's really. Here, I mean, here's the problem that I have with with capitalism and consumerism overall, is that capitalism can't, doesn't really play well with other types of societies. No, you have to have all capitalism. Right. Capitalism wants everybody to be capitalist so that, you know, profits can soar and enterprise can be, like, the best it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. So, which isn't, which isn't fair to the countries we deem, quote, third world countries, because they're not in the capitalist system. And... Why not? Hmm? Why aren't why aren't they? Why aren't they? Yeah. Because when I think of um third world countries in Africa. Okay. These are countries that are tribal. Okay. These are countries that had a working society before colonialism. Mm-hmm. And since colonialism But colonialism predates capitalism. Does it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that the it was I- exploit, exploitative, but the... I mean, hasn't capitalism really been around since, like, the invention of money? But what you're, what you're terming capitalism hasn't. Like, yours, your, your thought process of capitalism as far as corporations go. Okay. I'm talking about, like... Any, okay, so any country that has legal tender mm-hmm. of any kind. You know what we should go back to? What? The Old West. The Old West? Yeah. <laughs> Where I don't know what anything costs, but you could get it all just by dropping a 
coin on a thing. You walk in, I want a shot of whiskey, a shave, and a shower, and a Here's whore. A gold coin. Here's a coin. <laughs> <laughs> and you got it all. Oh my God, dude. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> that would be good for you, really bad for me. <laughs> Only if you're a whore. I would probably be, I mean, fun fact about um, the, Wyoming. Well, Wyoming. Go ahead. About the Wild West quote, which wasn't very wild. Um, the uh, brothels. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them made so much money that they improved the rest of their uh, the rest of the uh, community community that they were living in. They built um, schools and churches and stores and yeah. So you don't need to be knocking the brothels. No, that's the reason why. Like Wyoming was uh, brought into the union. And they said women have to have the right to vote because so of many of them were brothels. Were, were they, brothel owners? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, okay. So, uh, what were we talking about here? Like we were going against. Uh, I was talking about first, second, and third world countries. Okay, and capitalism. And capitalism. So, what I consider like the birth of capitalism is legal tender. Okay. Any country that I don't know the beginning of. The start of legal tender, I mean, could have, is probably all the way, dates all the way back to like ancient Egypt. Right. Because we had, we had accountants. Okay, but would you consider like in the time of the American Revolution to be a capitalist time? Like in England? In the United States. We had legal tender here. Mm-hmm. But most people were of a merchant class. There was no, there was no, major corporation. I mean you were a business owner or you weren't. Yeah, so I mean, I don't think capitalism you think may not work in a in a uh caste society. Okay. Let's fast forward. Or it may not just be present in a caste society the way that it is in a um I think, certain, a quote free society. I think when you think of capitalism, you think of what came out of like the post civil war when you had like Vanderbilt and JP Morgan and Rockefeller. Yeah. Okay, so that's a long way away from like having legal tender. This is when you're actually starting to build stocks and uh, the stock market. Okay, but I am but I am talking about colonialism. Okay. That 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 goes into it. Okay. That colonialism started this. Well here in the United States we were a colony of England that had, like, no real corporation. But now we revolted because we didn't like being a colony. <laughs> but, and maybe that's where you're going with this. I don't know. I'm not, no, that's not where I'm going. The, the point that I wanted to make is that capitalism does not play well with other types of societies that are not that... Where, where money is not what makes the entire society go round. So, like, okay, we have... Okay, go ahead. We have our tribal nations mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. that have, had, have a way of life that has worked for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And now we're calling them third world countries because they don't function the way that we think that they should function. And they are now considered quote, poor, because they don't have money. Okay. So it's just, it's really unfair. Um, 
to like to try to be forcing like we're trying to help them by trying to create enterprise. Is that within capitalism's the fault or government's fault? I don't know. Like, all right, so this is a libertarian. I think it's, it's the white man's fault. Is what it is. What it is. Okay, so <laughs> um, I'm going to go a little libertarian on you here. Okay. So we let's say we have capitalism, free market capitalism. All right. First off, let's go with America can't just run up trillions of dollars in debt. Okay. So in, in that situation, we're on the gold standard, so we can only have as much debt as we can carry. So we can't run up the debt we have right now, which means we can't interfere with third world nations or anybody else. Mm-hmm. We have to play within our own little, like, bathtub. Okay. All right. So let's get rid of that. Now Now capitalism isn't a big thing over there because we don't have a nation that's saying anything about it. Now we have a corporation, say, that wants to buy oil from a country that's rich in oil. All right? And they say, hey, we're gonna, we want to buy your oil. And the country says, what do we get for it? And they say, we're going to give you gold or whatever, you know? And they're like, cool. All right, whatever. And they come in and they give them that gold or that money. And then the corporation comes in and pumps the gas and everything else that they want. Okay, let's say they make a mess. All right, now the the nation can now sue the, the corporation. And in a world where the government isn't corrupt, they get the money to clean it up. Mm-hmm. We've, no, we've not destroyed the tribal nature. Tribal nature was respected and could be respected. It wasn't, I don't necessarily, I think we put capitalism as a, as a really bad, bad guy, but capitalism is bought off government where government should control, should not let capitalists um, run amok. Does that make sense? Right. But that's not free enterprise. In free enterprise, well, <clears throat> in free enterprise, totally free enterprise. In totally free yeah. enterprise, what would happen is, is when the corporation ran amok, they would be sued, and the government would do the right thing and make the company pay. Mm-hmm. So they would have to either do the right thing, or get sued and have to pay for doing the wrong thing. Right. Okay. So I mean, like in true free enterprise, where where everything works in co- in coordination, where your your justice, your legislation, and your um, um, executive all work like they're supposed to, and not be interfered with by corporations, by by private sector, then when private sector messes up and hurts public, then they have to pay for it. Okay, which is not what we're seeing right now. We're not seeing right now because we have lobbyists and corrupt. Political officials. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, I guess I also didn't touch on the fact that, like, we have, we as in, like, first world countries, America, whoever has gone to Africa and, like, raped them of their natural resources and caused famines and stuff. So that has, that has caused a lot of the, what's termed impoverished because they don't have any food because of us. So, <laughs> well, I mean, how did we cause a famine? Um, 
Not, not like the U.S. has caused famines before. Yes. And I'm not going to say, but I'm talking about like in this situation, us raping a country of its natural resources. And the United States isn't as bad as like you, like England when the sun never set on the empire. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like really taking all the natural resources. I don't think. So maybe we're blame. Maybe I'm blaming the the British instead of us for that for Africa's misfortunes. I, I think you might be. Okay. But so we're going back to colonialism. Okay. But again, like colonization. Colonization. Um, and, and it varied on like the colonies. I'm not going to, I'm not an expert on colonization. I just, um, I don't, I'm just trying to make a distinction between what can be considered free enterprise and, and not, you know, colonization, I am not an expert on. So I'm not going to try to speak on it or defend it because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty hard to defend. Yeah. I don't, I think it's impossible to defend. Um, stop. All right. So we got to, all right. So let's kind of move on here. Okay. So you want to answer the question, is the American dream still achievable? Okay. Uh, yes. Why? Because it adjusts for every, every age group, every generation. Every generation? Yeah. <clears throat> How is it adjusted for us? We're in two different generations. I feel like I am not, I feel like as far as I am concerned, my American dream is, like, so my. Yeah, what, okay, so what is our American dream? Let's, let's start okay, with that. What is my American dream? What is your American dream? All right, I would like to have liberty. Okay. Which, which isn't being achieved right now. Why? To my definition. Why? Well, the, the new idea that you have to believe certain things, live certain ways, um, Although I am okay with like the the COVID nineteen vaccine, being told everyone has to take it, um, is very, you know, that is not liberty. We don't live what we see today as liberty would have been what our forefathers revolted against. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, what we see as a police force today is what they saw as a British occupational force. Okay. They, they didn't have police in, in, in 1776. Yeah. And there was the no or- police force. The origin of, poli- of the police is not nice. Right. So, like. Do you want to say what the origin of the police is just for everybody? I don't know. someone who doesn't know? Go ahead. Oh. Uh, the origin of the police, um, that police force, the first police force in America was to hunt down um, escaped slaves. Okay, I thought it was in Boston, was like the first official police force. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about more of like a federal marshal situation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, Pinkerton detective agencies and all that other stuff weren't, weren't good guys. Um, so, yeah, there's, I think there's a lack of liberty. I think we have a lack of liberty in the United States. Is there another example you can provide besides um, the COVID vaccine? Um, you'd have to give me a minute and I, I could probably think of other like, okay, um, the, the Patriot Act okay. was against any kind of like, that's, that's, it was pretty much unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Everything after 9-11 has been like pretty much, they rolled back our liberties and we said, it's Okay. And we didn't understand what we were giving up, I don't think. 
Um, and I agree with you that the Patriot Act is completely unconstitutional and it has rolled back our liberty significantly. Right. You shouldn't be able to wiretap people. Mm-mm. The FBI, the, the bureaucracy that we live in now was not what was, I think, envisioned by our um, founding fathers. For instance, you have the, the FBI, okay, which is the federal... Bureau of Investigation. Bureau of Investigation. It, it's our federal um, um, police, basically, our federal cops, right? Mm-hmm. In your local um, parish, which we're in Louisiana, so we have parishes. A.K.A. county. County. <laughs> you have a sheriff you would elect. Mm-hmm. We don't elect the, the head of the FBI. Right. That's appointed. Mm-hmm. IRS, appointed. A lot of this bureaucracy is appointed, not elected. So our government has a, as much appointment as election. Now, it would be almost impossible to elect all these people. Right. There's a lot of people. It's a lot of elections. But the people we're sent, sending to represent us are supposed to be representing us and, like, um, saying, you know, this is what our people want or this is not what our people want. But they're too busy worrying about, like, whether we should have, like, um, uh, what words should be put in a word problem in a textbook in Florida, you know? Yeah. So it's it's crap to me. Mm-hmm. It's crap. Our government has gone to shit. Okay. Um, and, and both sides. I mean, uh, this isn't a Republican, this isn't a Democrat thing. I think mm-hmm. both of them are just drinking from the t- same fountain. Right. Um, so, yeah, my, I, my idea is liberty is gone. Our liberty is really gone. It is something... That we just we don't have. Like, look at the look at the BLM protest, and how much like I don't. It's hard to say because like our our corporate um, news media is so bad these days too, and so like trying to uh, propagandize us mm-hmm. that it's hard to understand how much of like. That was something that is it was being taken from them, their ability to protest or not. But, you know, we're supposed to have the ability to protest in the United States. Right. And not riot, but protest. And okay. I think a lot of it was protest. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a little bit it was riot that was shown as a lot of it. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, if it bleeds, it leads. No, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Oh, in news media? If it bleeds, it leads is like... Oh, okay. Yeah, I get that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, so liberty, I think, was taken away there. I don't think that, like, we we as Americans should support each other in protesting against our government. Right. Um, there are times it gets taken too far, though. I, I will admit that. Um, my idea of January 6th is still evolving. <laughs> Yeah, we can do a whole episode about that. It's hard for me. It's hard for me because I don't know where I line up on it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, was it a riot? Would they have hurt people? Part of me says yes because I know human nature. Part of me says no, this is being overblown. Okay. I, I mean, <laughs> I really don't trust our corporate media on a lot of stuff. Right, not the corporate media. Did you watch, like, any of the videos? Yeah, I know they were, like, breaking windows, and there was a lot of smashing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Crushing people to death. Like, two. 
But oh yeah, two. Yeah. Well, how this many people we crushed to death at a concert of uh, Drake or whoever that guy was? Not Drake. It wasn't Drake. I'm sorry, not Drake. Um, but <laughs> there was a, a, a one in, in Houston where like the guy got like everyone like jab, jazzed up or going, and like more people got killed at that concert. They, they're all horrible deaths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, so so. I think our liberty is being very much taken away from us. Um, I think uh, part of that is that our our the 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 instrument which should be talking to us the most, which is uh, media, mm-hmm. is now bought out. It, it's gone oh, yeah. corporate. Yeah, and so it's very hard to it's very hard to get real news. It's owned by a couple of men. Right. Just just a couple. But, like, real unbiased news is incredibly Isn't, hard to find. Is, yeah, it's not a thing unless you're on the dark side of TikTok. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know where to find it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love podcasts because I think they really break down things on a, on a deeper level. Um, not us. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not yet. I mean, we can do more research and we can come in, like, heavy-handed on some subjects. We can we can do that in the future. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so uh, liberty's gone to me. Okay, so um, other parts of the American dream, I feel like if you do work hard, you can still eventually make it. But I also feel like that number has increased. Like my parents, that number might have been like twenty five. Me, it might have been thirty. You're age group it might be 35 and the following might be 40 um and the only way to arrest this movement is to bring back the the middle class okay is that it i think that's it okay do i think the american dream is still achievable for my generation no um aside from the fact that we have crippling student loan debt and that has, and we started, you know, thousands of dollars in debt behind where our parents started and where their parents started. Um, the the amount of inflation and rising interest rates keeps us from being homeowners. Okay. Keeps us from having children. Mm-hmm. The and stagnant wages. Let Minimum me- wage has not kept up with inflation. My dad worked, like, we talked about this in one episode. My dad worked a summer job and was able to pay for years of college Mm -hmm. for his way. He paid his way through college. You can't do that now. That's impossible. Um, My dad, like, my dad was able to buy his first house with just, I don't know, I guess just on a police officer's um, salary. Um, but yeah, just the, I, I wish I had this, like the, the actual data in front of me because I, I know it's just completely outrageous. It's like thousands of percentage, like the cost of homes now versus in 1975. Like that is hundreds of percentages more than the, the, the increase is insane. And the fact that, Minimum wage has 
grown so much hasn't has barely grown okay so so um one thing i want to throw in there so you talk about like home ownership mm-hmm. and how expensive it is now mm-hmm. so you know about like the subprime crisis of like 2008 or whatever when the housing bubble burst yeah all right so if you look back at that time you also had banks that were going to fail because they made shitty loans. Yeah. Free enterprise would have said, let those banks fail. Like, the, let them fail? Let them fail. Yeah. They made bad investments. Mm-hmm. They should fail. Yeah, they should have. Our government stepped in and mm-hmm. bailed them out. Right. Right? We mm-hmm. gave them money. <laughs> what did they do with that money? They bought the houses <laughs> that they were foreclosing on. Mm-hmm. So now who owns all the houses? Yeah, the banks. And what are they doing with the, the market? Skyrocketing. Create, creating another bubble. Yeah. Skyrocketing it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the problem. Like when you say like um, um, capitalism is the problem. No, this wasn't capitalism being the problem. Free market enterprise would have worked. The, 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 the crappy would have fallen off and the, the, the good would have risen. What happened was government got involved. So you're saying it's we have a we have a shitty government. We have an overabundance of government. Okay. And, and this is my problem with like um, progressivism, which wants more government. What happens when they screw up? Like who foots the bill for America for the for progressivism's screw ups? Mm. Are you thinking of something in particular? I just the 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 market crisis. No. Like, this, an idea that progressives, as you say, have that they want to that they want to progressives like, they like a bigger government. Okay, right? You want more government to to like dictate what's going to happen. Government's supposed to fix your problems, right? And progressivism. I. <laughs> I, that's, I don't think so, but okay. Okay, then you're not a progressive. Like, in progressivism, in the Woodrow Wilson version of progressivism, like, when you have a problem, the government fixes it. And like you said, like, if... All right, if the government came I think, in and said, I hey, think people need to fix the problem by using the government regulations that are already there. But then and when there's a new... Th- when something new comes up, instead of having, like, a letting the market or something, like, just take care of it. It's, and it's not just about money. It's about it's about people. Okay. It's about um, c- civil, yeah, it's about civil rights and um, it's, uh, like, it's more about money. Like, uh, it's, as far as... Like, how to fix money? I don't know how you fix money. Okay, so like civil rights, I understand. I completely agree. Like the yeah. government has to protect all of its people. Right. Like you can't take any right from any person. Mm-hmm. But you have to balance that on whose whose rights you're going to. Sometimes there is a a push of rights where you have two people who believe two different things, and those rights are going to overlap. 
So then you look at what our constitution says. So like you can't like so like voting is a hundred percent like you can't take anybody's voting rights. That's legal to vote in the United States. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. You have to be a, you have to treat everyone equally. You know that kind of stuff. That that all should be in there. But like when you look at something like as mundane as like a um, parents who get mad at teachers for saying something in class or something like that. You know, who's who? Is it the teacher's right to say what they want to say? Is it the parent's right to say that, you know, my kid doesn't have to hear this because I am the voice of the child? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's not that's not something that the government needs to have their hands in. Not at all to me. That's, yeah. that's like, something that, like, one of the two people have to yield is probably going to be the teacher over the parent because, you know. Teacher wants to keep their job. Teacher wants to keep their job. Mm-hmm. All right, so, um, okay, go on. So, um, let's see. Now, this is, let's see. This is, this is kind of an opinion piece that I, that I bought, that I, uh, that I pulled from, um, because, and, uh, I can't say this in a better way, so I'm just going to read it, uh, when in in their area, like, the question, is the American dream still achievable, comes from this article. And their paragraph about it uh, is as follows. It's widely debated if the American dream is still achievable and what that achievement even entails. Many people wonder if they can keep up with rising housing costs and interest payments on loans needed to purchase things like homes and cars. America's need to save for their own retirement and pay large out-of-pocket costs for health care and higher education, which can lead families saddled with high-interest debt that is hard to crawl back from. Um, so yeah, and I, yeah, I haven't even talked about health care and the cost of higher education. I know. And we're like at a minute, uh, an hour, minute, hour 20. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to get to all that stuff. I mean, we did do... we. We did do an entire episode on higher education and if it's worth it or not. Um, y'all can go listen to that if you want to hear our opinions on that. Um, and we could do a healthcare one. We, can, no we should do a healthcare one. Yeah. All right, so, um, so we got a few minutes left. Uh, I think we're almost at the hour 30 and probably people are getting tired of hearing us <laughs> talk about this. So I want to hear what your American dream is. Mm, my American dream. Okay. My American dream is um, I like total comfortability, if that's a word. Okay. <laughs> um, like feeling like I have total control over my own destiny, having enough money to um, have what I need and to do what I want. And um, have enough money where I don't have to worry about any unexpected healthcare costs that I have, or any unexpected costs. Period. Having a a robust savings account. Um, if I, if we're talking about the American dream within the current America that we have. No, I'm talking about what you want as your American dream. Oh, like as far as. Like, regardless of what the American society is? Yeah, I'm talking about, like, what 
Oh, what free- Rosie's American Dream Rosie's is. American Dream is free healthcare. Okay. Period. And That's it? free higher education. Okay. Period. But, but why? Why? Yeah, why? Because, one, I think healthcare is now a human right in first world countries, in mm-hmm. Western societies. Like, I don't think, I think it is a dystopian idea that the amount of money that you make dictates how long you live. Okay. And that is happening in America, which is really fucked up. I also don't believe that the amount of money you have should dictate how much education you get because that creates classes. The, like, because knowledge is power. And, knowledge, and intelligence is one of the defining factors of success. Independent success. I, I, I smirked and I'm sorry. Why did I, you smirk? I, I want you to finish your thought. Okay. I want you to finish your American dream. You want me to finish my American dream before you shit on it? No. <laughs> I do have a question, but okay. I want you to. Um, what else do I want? It would be nice if my student loans went away. That'd be nice. Okay. Not really required, but nice. Not for me, anyway. For a, a lot of people who are hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt because the cost of college education is out of the fucking insane. <laughs> it's insanely expensive, just out of this world crazy. Um, and I would like Roe v. Wade to be reinstated or... However, they, they fix that. I don't know the t- quite the term that you use to make it go back to the way it was before it was overturned. Re-overturned? <laughs> Reinstated, re, I don't know, re-evaluated and, and uh, codified into law. Okay. That's what I want. Okay, that's it. And I'm sure there's other stuff, but I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> I wanted to notice something about your, your, like, what you want as your... Like um, your American dream. It was not about achieving goals. It was about forgiving previous for the most part. Now, you started off with, I want to be able to have whatever I want to have. I want to be comfortable enough to have whatever I want to have. What does that mean? Does it mean you get Starbucks every day? Like, like, does it mean that you don't have to do anything around your house? Do you have a maid and a lawn boy and a pool boy and, you know? I don't want, like, I I want robot maids. I don't want a person. But we don't have that. (laughs) We don't have that. Yeah. So would you take a person so you never have to clean your house again? That's all money. Like, even a robot maid is money. Mm -hmm. You know? So it becomes, like... Your American dream is having enough money so you can do nothing or just follow whatever whim you feel you want to take? Having enough money where I can do what I want. What do you want? Not so I can do nothing. Like, if I could could go and pursue art full-time, if I could be a photographer, if I could paint, if I could... Do you find that to be a little uh, naive? Like, like, cause if everyone had that American dream, who would work? <laughs> like, like, no one's gonna be like, "Hey, I'm my American dream is to 
go and be a welder in like a hundred degree heat out in West Texas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like there was just no, there, there would be nothing. Maybe I'm envisioning a totally different society. I, I feel like you're, you're, you're a little bit utopian. Yeah, um, absolutely. Of course I am. Yeah, I'm an idealist. I, I feel like you're a little bit of a, a socialist utopian, but like in the socialist utopia that you envision, you're in the class of artist, not in the class of workers. Maybe in my utopian dream, all the workers are robots. <laughs> and everybody is pursuing their passion. I, I hope we have a major reduction of population or something. I don't know. I don't know. You're in, you're in like you're in um, Star Trek like era. I like Star Trek Next Generation stuff going yeah. on here. Yeah. Okay. Why not? We don't have it. But if we can work towards it. Maybe one day. Yeah. Okay. Why not, man? We'll go with that. We can evolve. All right. You ready? <laughs> yes. Liberty. First thing we need is liberty. We need to go back to liberty. We need to go back to where people can say what they want to say and not have any any judgment against them. If you say it and it's bad, people know it's bad. They're going to like you or not like you, but you ought to have the, the ability to say it. There should be no like culture that says this is wrong or this is right. Because it should be made up by the individual, not by a group of people. So you don't think that the government should dictate morality? Oh, God, no. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. I do not think that. I agree. If, yeah, on a whole, like, range of different things. And, and you know what? I would love, love the fact that we could own any gun we wanted to. I would, I would love to own any gun I wanted to. And I would like for all the other gun owners to have my same, like, level of understanding of gun control. Like, understanding of when you should sell a gun, when you shouldn't sell a gun. And we would all be in this perfect utopian society, but I don't believe that works. So I understand, like, laws have to be written for gun control. Mm -hmm. Because we have to, like, move at the Florida man level. (laughs) Because man is fallible. Florida man, especially. Yes, Florida man is... Very, very Florida. <laughs> but, but beyond that, you know, I, I'm not, like, promoting racism, but you, if someone wants to be a racist, they should be able to be a racist. I mean, it's, it's sad, but if you want liberty, you have to have liberty. Like, because once you start... They just have to understand that, that if you now, say I, the wrong I, thing to somebody's face, you're probably going to get punched. Yeah, I'm... Also okay with if you say something to somebody and they take a like a uh, uh, an iced tea. Do you ever see that video where the dude took the uh, he had the can of um, whatever iced tea and the dude threw caught, it out the car window? Or no, something? he called him an N word in a store and he just took it and smashed it over to the dude's head. Oh damn! And no, I, was like, I didn't see that. Yeah, deserved. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he actually said it twice. The first time the dude let it let it mm. pass, and the second time he flipped that can around and he he put it upside his head. Um, was it glass? No, no, no. It was one of those cans. It was a can. It was yeah. a big can? Yeah. Okay. Um, peace tea? <laughs> if it was a peace <laughs> yeah, tea, that'd be hilarious. No, 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 peace <laughs> tea. But, um, no, I mean, like, I don't agree with it. I don't, you know, um, I don't agree with, with racism. But, hey, man, I, I, I agree with freedom. And sometimes in freedom, you have to let people be free. Even if you don't agree with them, let them be free. 
Okay, I just get to call it an asshole. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. You have that that right on both sides. Um, I want government to stop sticking its freaking nose in everyone's shit. Like, stop it. Stop it. Just back off. Um, and, and, and for people to quit wanting government to stick their nose in stuff, but only on their side, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I'd like government to stop sticking their nose in other nations' stuff. I would love for go, us to just end come back to like inter- international. Stop being Team America, World Police. Yeah, like just stop. Just stop. Let's let's bring it back home. Yeah. Let's 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 like let's let's end the culture that is thinking that America has to be the World Police. Um, let's end the culture. Um, let's let's stop lobbying for everything. We should. Everyone talked about how Trump was going to kick the lobbyist out, but he really didn't. Um, when was that going to happen? He did some and some. It just depended on which ones. Mm. Um, but, like, we were talking earlier today, Yellowstone, a lot, of, a lot of people love that show. I'm like, dude, that is just like a, a freaking, like, advertisement for AR-15s. Like, the mm-hmm. few ap- episodes I ever saw. I think it's because it's lawless. Yeah. And people want to be lawless. I think people just want that freedom. Yeah, they want the freedom to be assholes. <laughs> they want the freedom to when someone messes with them for to, them to like be, to able, be able to, to respond to back, yeah. yeah and i feel like we've lost that mm. but i don't know if today we understand the right amount of pushback right i guess you know my my generation and offsprings in a generation will not grow up in the culture of your generation that it's okay to get in a fight mm-hmm. to solve things yeah I mean, like, so many people now, and, and it's not just, like, my generation is no better about this than, like, your generation or Offspring's generation. You get in an argument, you get in a, a beef, and someone, like, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to pull my gun out that I, I have to conceal carry because, you know, I have that right. No, you know what you used to do? Punch the dude in the face. You used to punch each other, and that ended it. There were no guns pulled and fought, shots fired. Right. You know, and... When you get in a, a situation where, like, I, I've seen this so many times. Like, like now, like, I do a ton of public hunting, public land hunting. Mm-hmm. And people are assholes. People are, are really, really bad. Like, people will drive down a road and fire their rifle to try to scare deer off from somebody if they know someone's hunting there. Jesus. Now, if I walked out and I said, you're an asshole, and... I'm going to punch you in your face for doing that. And the dude took his gun out and pointed it at me. You know, like, you're you're a pussy. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't use your gun when you're an asshole and you're in the wrong. Take your ass whipping. Or don't do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So Also, yeah. pick up your trash. Oh, God. Beer cans hanging as markers where you want to stop your stop. bike. Stop that. I saw that this weekend, and it just disgusts me. Yeah. Like you, number one, if you're hunting, why do you have a beer? You Louisianians in your sportsman paradise, but leaving mm. your trash all over the freaking woods. That's oh. just, that's such, that's such an insult to yourselves, really. All right. So back to my American dream. So liberty, um, I want the rollback of government. Um, I want, like, us to have the ability to make ourselves the life that we want to. Uh, don't give it to me, but don't hamper me. Hamper you. Yeah. Don't 
don't make me pay three times as much as I should for a ticket to a concert because um, and this is my new pet peeve. <laughs> yep. Ticketmaster oh. is the devil. Ticketmaster. <laughs> you know what, government? You want to do something? Take care of Ticketmaster. Take care of scalping. Let's all go back to buying it at the ticket price. If it ain't, if you ain't selling it to me for the price on the ticket, why am I buying it? That's what they sold it to you for. Why you get to charge me four times the amount, at least. Mm-hmm. So screw you, Ticketmaster. You can't do nothing to me. <laughs> uh, we'll just start saying Ticketmaster is the devil. Ticketmaster is the devil, man. <laughs> uh, but no, just let me get to that place. Let give me the opportunity to get there, right? Fair price, fair market value for everything. Yeah. And you know what? That takes care of education. That takes care of everything you want, right? Education, fair market price for fair value. We don't have that right now. No. It's overpriced. Disgustingly overpriced. So, yeah. Like I said, the only time the government should get involved is when you have a situation where the, the people are getting taken advantage of. Yes. Like Ticketmaster. <laughs> or colleges and, and college, <laughs> but uh, and housing and pretty much everything else right now. Yeah, like like let's 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 roll it back. Um, I don't know how you stop inflation, but I don't, I don't know. So, on a more personal level, I'd love to own my own piece of land and all this other stuff, but we have too many people in the U.S. to do that anymore, and we're too urbanized. There's a lot of space in Wyoming and Montana. We can go there. Yeah, but uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> I hear Wyoming's very nice. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I'd love to own my lo- own little piece of land. I wish there was an industry there that I could go move over there and, like, get involved in. Mm-hmm. But, like, I can't go open my own cattle ranch and make a living that would, like, you know, be beneficial for us. Well, we could start a bamboo farm. Okay. But that would probably require us staying here because bamboo grows like crazy here. Yeah, I don't think it cl- grows in the mountains. Nope. <laughs> nope. But uh, we could be rich <laughs> with bamboo. Bamboo rich. <laughs> we're, we're bamboo rich. <laughs> All right, so that, that's my American dream. Like, I would love to, I like, owning my own house, I, I think that's, I already have that. But, you know, I understand, oh, maybe not your own house, but your own little piece. And being able to hire people to make improvements on your home without, you know, raping your bank account. <laughs> See, <laughs> I think what that's going to have to end up doing. That's all just to me, like stuff you learn. What do you mean? Like, it's like plumbing and stuff like that. Like, you have so many resources, and y'all, your generation has so many more resources than previous generations. My gen- now so YouTube? today, yeah, like YouTube. Yeah, you know what shit you can YouTube. Yeah, you can YouTube everything. Yeah. So, like, when you're, like, well, making improvements on your house, well, like, you can YouTube how to put in hardwood floor. See, that's fine, but I don't know if I'm going to do it right. I don't do that for a living. Somebody does that for a living and knows exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Or not, because he's rolling his eyes at me. You know how many, like... Like, I have seen so much, like, stuff done... Go look at new construction on a house, and you will see how many corners they cut. Well, yeah, there are a lot of corners cut in the house that we live in. Right. 
And when that person comes in to lay that floor, like you, you hire someone, they're going to cut that corner too. Like that guy's going to be no better than the person before them. If, if, you're, if your baseboard doesn't line up exactly, they're not going to go cut quarter-inch molding and make it look good. They're just going to leave it like, it, like it like that because that's what they were paid to do, just put in the flooring. They're not going to move the baseboard down. All right, so let's make a pact mm-hmm. in 2023. To do new floors? We will do our own floors. But we have to take the time off of work to get it finished all in one blow. I'm not going to live in a house that's like half concrete floors, half hardwood floors for weeks. All right. I ain't doing it. Okay. We're going to do it once and get it done in like four days consecutively. (coughs) Excuse me. Okay. So that's my American dream. Got anything on it? Um, Yes. Also... Um, I would like people to just keep to themselves. Like, I don't want to hear about your religion. I don't want to hear about how your daughter is getting married at a venue that you don't like. And you, (laughs) you think that she's going to have her ceremony here because you're making such a hissy fit about it. Like, I don't want to hear your whole life story if I barely know you and we are acquaintances at a at a place. Um, just <sighs> stop talking to me. <laughs> okay. No, it's more, it's more of the lines of please don't try to indoctrinate me into whatever bullshit you believe in. It's, you have every right to believe in it. I have every right to not have to hear about it. Okay. Would it be easier and I don't know if we might not just like roll a little bit longer and break this into two. Mm-hmm. Um, but would it, because we're at an hour and 40 minutes. Um, no, it's it's 8.15. I don't think we can break it into two. I don't think I'm going to last that long. So okay. go yeah, ahead. You've been yawning since the beginning. I have not been yawning since the beginning. Go ahead. Um, would it be easier if like you could just say, I don't want to hear your stuff? Like if we were more If there's a polite way to say, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So let us know if there's a polite way to say I don't care. It's an hour, 40 minutes. I think we're pretty much done on this one. Yes. Um, so everyone out there, be kind. Listen to each other. And take care of each other. Yes. Got it that time. Yeah, we do it. Um, yeah, that's that should be the real American dream. Just be kind. Listen to each other. Take care of each other. All that. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Y'all, y'all take care. We will talk to you guys soon. Bye.